Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Your Vibes Podcast. Everybody's got a vibe and a story to tell. Here's this one. I hope you enjoy. This episode is brought to you by The Station. The Station is downtown Dixon's premier event venue. Located inside historic Mulberry Mill, The Station is a perfect space for a wedding or reception, birthday party or baby shower, conference or class, photo or video shoot, and even a live music performance. Just a quick 45-minute commute from Nashville, Clarksville, and Columbia, the station provides your guests with a classy and convenient experience in the heart of downtown Dixon's up-and-coming environment. To book your next event, please contact Andy Truman at 336-693-4311 or email her at events at mulberrymilldixon.com. Three, two, one, and we are off live. What's up, everybody? Got a coming at you hot on a Friday afternoon. Um, appreciate everybody tuning in, as always. Appreciate your support. Here with some good friends of mine. Um, I think we've kind of been juggling around dates. You guys travel quite a bit, don't you? We love to travel. Yeah. We travel a lot. We do. We just got back from Colorado. Oh, good for you. Um, well, I've got Miss Lindsay and Chad up church in here. Um, some natural health experts, doctors. Um, we're going to get into some interesting topics today. They're uh, very interesting people, to say the least. And I'm excited to kind of jump into it. So thank you guys for taking the time. I appreciate it. I'm excited about it. I've never yeah. done a podcast. Never done before. a podcast. Have you done any kind of radio stuff? Or? I do radio. You okay. don't. Ch- you don't tune in. Uh, w D K N every month. Sorry, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, uh, I'm like the star over there. What do you talk about on that? Health. 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 Okay. Uh, health. Yes. Okay. Ken uh, Forte is a big fan. Yeah, exactly. He just uh, he just brought in a local uh, TV station too. He did. We're local he's six trying or to something. Get me to do a TV show, so I might be really oh, famous eventually. Breaking news! How about that? You be Dixon famous? That's right. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, yeah, good for him on that. That's quite the venture. You know, it's in a time where things seem to be going to Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. You know, hanging on tight to a TV station. We'll see if it <laughs> exactly. see how it goes. You know, newspapers and TV Maybe, stations. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Um, well, I guess kind of just in true cadence of how everything goes. Um, like I said, we've got kind of quite a bit to talk about today, but if you guys just want to kind of get started as far as, I don't know who wants to start or whatever, but maybe get kind of, we'll merge it when y'all met and then we can kind of go from there. So I guess, I don't know if Lindsay, if you want to start where sure. you're from. I'll start. Sorry, um, this isn't planned and you don't have a script for this. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> so I was actually born in Canada. A. And don't sound like it now that I've been Mm -hmm. in Tennessee for 15 years. I've got this southern accent. But born and raised in northern Michigan. Did my undergraduate at the University of Michigan. So I am a Wolverines fan, Mm -hmm. which was not good if you watched uh, last weekend. (laughs) We got beat by one of our bigger rivals, but we won't talk about Jim Harbaugh and his job. That's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Um, actually, he makes more money than Nick Saban. Can you believe that? Whoa, no! He did like a fifty-seven that. million, I think, five-year oh, contract. Pocket like, change, right? And he yeah. can't beat Ohio State or Michigan State. But I told you we didn't end up talking about football, right? It's like <laughs> weather people. You know, they can just be good about thirty percent of the time, and they're still oh my good. But yes, so graduated from the University of Michigan. I went to Davenport, Iowa, which is the fountainhead of chiropractic. Mm-hmm. So I went to Palmer College in Davenport. I spent. Uh, three and a half years out there. And after I graduated, ended up in West Tennessee. 
So opened a practice in Milan. Was that just like a fluke North or Jackson. did you have like a reason you well, went out there? Yeah. So um, at the time, ironically enough, my ex-husband is a chiropractor. So okay. I got something for chiropractors, I guess. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and we opened a practice in Milan, but which is makes the story even better. That's how if it wasn't for him and his internship, I would have never met Chad. So um, Jason, who practiced with me in our original practice, interned with a doctor in Union City. Okay. Dr. Matt Harris, who is now in Spring Hill. And that was Chad's best friend. So I got to meet Chad through an acquaintance of knowing him through Matt. And here we are, you know, 15 years later. And he's my husband, which is awesome and has a story of itself. But practiced chiropractic in Milan. Um, had that practice there since 2007. Um, is still in Milan, owned by, like I said, my previous partner. And... When we sold the practice, um, I got bought out of that in 2018. I was trying to decide where I was going to go and what I was going to do. We still have a home in West Tennessee because that's where my kids live. And so Chad and I have our house here and there, and we're back and forth between both locations, which make for a interesting dynamic. Um, do you all spend more time in one place or the other? Or? Um no, it's not really. We we try to balance it as much as we can. My big thing was we wanted stability for the kids. I didn't want to have to drag the kids back and forth. Mm-hmm. So when they're with their dad, they're in West Tennessee with their dad. And then when it's my week, we're usually over there. Um, so with Chad and his practice, he's here. And then usually Thursday through Monday morning, if it's a week to have kids, he'll be over there. So cool. I'm kind of a single parent a lot of the time because he's up here and I'm there if it's my week for kids. And then when I don't have kids, then I'm up here with him. So that's kind of balance. Yeah, it works. So when I got bought out of my practice in 18, um, I was like, okay, what am I going to do next? And I've always had a passion for natural health and well-being and contributing to the lives of others and serving people. And so I got this idea that I wanted to open Nature's Fix. So that's where Nature's Fix came about is there was a big need just in what we knew of people wanting natural health and wellness options. Um, which is how Nature's Fix, like I said, originated. And the thing that's really cool about Nature's Fix is when we opened that store, hemp and CBD, you know, you could get it in the gas station, you Mm -hmm. could get it wherever. And so I wanted to have a doctor-owned and operated store that had um, certificate of analysis, you know, meaning have they been tested for heavy metals and pesticides and all of those things, um, you know, the certificate of analysis, the third party lab studies, you know, is the dosage and the, you know, everything legit. And so that's what we've really prided ourselves on when we opened that store is that all the products in there, although they might not always be the cheapest, is I know all the products have third party lab studies. I know that those certificate of analysis have been done on the companies, you know, on the products. And so we were able to provide quality products um, that customers and patients needed to help with everything from, you know, back pain, neck pain, anxiety, sleep. And the really cool thing is, I'll be honest, I was actually quite against cannabis or cannabis-related products. I have a brother who's had drug and alcohol issues um, for years and still does. And so, you know, that was the big thing. What I learned in doing my research, to be honest, is we're kind of brainwashed into thinking marijuana is bad, which like everything in excess, it is bad. But when you start doing the research and you look at cannabis as a whole um, and microdosing in small amounts, you know, everything from Parkinson's and seizures 
uh, it's pretty fascinating the effects that it can have on people. Absolutely. Yeah, there's like, what, 120 compounds in the cannabis plant? And yeah. they're just kind of really starting to say the mainstream is now just starting to isolate those and figure out the effects of each different strand and how you can really eliminate the psychoactive effect of it, which is what a lot of people are scared of. Right. Is they don't want to feel high. You know, they don't like that euphoric feeling. Um, most of them don't. Um, but but to, to isolate that or to, to have the plant, you know, not have as much THC. What's the legal amount? Point three percent. Yeah, percent mm-hmm. um, which is pretty much nothing um in there but to treat those ailments as well too in a, in a natural way is the way that everything should be yeah we know? get actually a lot of referrals from um some local doctors here um in the community that we're really grateful for and That's thankful awesome. for um and that was my mission that when we first came i pretty much went around and introduced you know the reality is most of the medical doctors don't know much about it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'll be honest, I was kind of ignorant to it myself. I didn't know and truly understand it till I started doing the research. But as you said, the plant, you know, it's natural mm-hmm. and it does have these cannabinoids. And I always describe the cannabinoids to people. They're kind of like essential oils. You know, you've got peppermint, you've got lavender, you've got these different oils that have certain properties. The cannabinoids are the same way. Some are for, you know, helping with anxiety or pain or inflammation or whatever the case may be. And so the cool part was, as we went around um, and introduced and really just educated these doctors, they were actually really open to it because most of them didn't know, you know, a lot about it. And so um, that's been awesome is just having a referral base from doctors that are open to other natural, safe, non-addicting options. And that's, you know, what's a crazy thing, Michael, and this, like, I'm sure people may or may not know this, but you've got so many people that either in their job are drug tested or they're going to the pain clinics. Mm -hmm. Well, the unfortunate thing is that these people that go to the pain clinics have to be drug tested to get their pain meds. Mm -hmm. So they want to get off these addictive oxycodone, Mm -hmm. hydrocodones, the whatever, but the risk they run is even though, and I tell people this always, is even though it's the low dose, you have three types of products. So you've got what's an isolate, which is just CBD by itself. You've got a broad spectrum, which is CBD with the other cannabinoids, but no THC. And then you have the full spectrum, which has the CBD, the cannabinoids, and the THC in Tennessee only up to that 0.3%, which Mm -hmm. is the legal amount you can have. Well, even in that low dose, everybody metabolizes it differently and it's dependent on a wide variety of things such as, you know, body fat and percentage and weight and whatever. But even in that low dose, there is the potential you could test positive for THC if you're taking a full spectrum. So we're always really clear with like customers when they come in, I don't want to be liable for somebody ever failing a drug test because we didn't let them know that. But you get these people that go to the pain clinic that would much prefer a safe natural option mm-hmm. and they potentially can't take the one with the THC, which in if you read, it's called the entourage effect. Yep. Basically everything works better when it's together in its natural state, including keeping the THC there. So there's no psychoactive effects, but they risk a THC showing up on a drug test. They can't take it. And so it's just like this frustration because people want to get off their addicting, dangerous, <laughs> I mean, even trying to get off that stuff, you can die or like have some really, really severe um, 
health issues. Just, I mean, just like anything that you're addicted to. I mean, it's just the natural withdrawal. But some of these compounds just cling so hard to the body to where it just becomes so dependent. And without it, it's like you pull the plug almost, and your body just shuts down. And um, you know, I am I am starting to see a slow spread starting with Amazon for the most part to where they're not drug testing anymore. I mean, Amazon, they came out with a big article the other day that they're no longer testing for cannabis as an Amazon employee. And now that it may be just Amazon drivers because that's kind of what most of the article referred to. I don't know if it was company wide, um, but, but they're starting to realize and it's, it's funny. It's not because the plant does what the plant does in its natural way. It's because nobody can find any workers anymore. The labor shortage is a killer, especially to major corporations. And they're realizing that everybody loves to smoke weed, whether it be just CBD that has some THC in it or actual buds, you know, with, with, you know, whatever percentage of THC in there. Um, you know, and unfortunately they're having to buy it off the streets or they're flying it back from, um, legal states or stuff like that. However, Colorado. They, yeah, however they may go about it, you know, Massachusetts, Washington, freaking DC, you know, has it legal up there as well too. So, um, it's just a strange thing to where you've got just these places now. I don't know what is there like 12 or 13 fully recreational states and like another 20 or something that have it for medical use. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I know that they're trying to introduce bills right now for full federal legalization of it, which, you know, I don't, I don't know why they just now started really pushing that too terribly hard. It kept getting shut down. But I think maybe with the state of the world is right now, everybody could use a little weed. So, um, you know, as, as it goes. Well, very few of these rules and laws and things are actually designed for the benefit of humanity. They're mostly right. designed for money and power. Mm-hmm. Um and that's why none of it makes sense. You know, we, you say, oh, we're going to drug test. Okay, well, I understand you're going to drug test. But let's drug test for any drug that would affect your performance at work. Well, guess what? All of those prescription drugs that they're potentially on, Ambien and mm-hmm. Oxycodone and all these different forms of uh, morphine and all these kind of things, they absolutely affect your performance at work. They're, mm-hmm. They make you potentially not able to drive or ha- use heavy equipment. But all that's totally fine. Totally mm-hmm. fine. You can be on all that stuff you want. Um, but if on Friday night you did smoke marijuana mm-hmm. and then on Monday you test positive for it, you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is that? Well, obviously there's lots of money to be made on the pharmaceuticals. There's no money to be made on marijuana for big business businesses. Right. So, you know, if you dig deep enough, you start going, okay, these, these rules are, are not for our safety. They're not for the benefit of the company. Uh, there's, there's bigger issues at play here which is extremely frustrating and probably more so now than ever absolutely especially for somebody in the business the holistic business who understand y'all are obviously not stoners you know what i mean <laughs> well, that's you're, what you're i was gonna say the like, funny part is michael is we don't smoke pot so yeah. i mean honestly it's like you know you'd think oh well they're probably big you know whatever like we mm-hmm. don't like yeah. i've used it in micro dosages they've been one of the best things to ever help with my migraine headaches mm-hmm. i've had migraines for years and years and I get weird neurological symptoms, you know, visual disturbances, numbness, and like using something with THC will work better than anything else. And I've tried, you know, pharmaceuticals, unfortunately, just because in desperate measures over the years, you know, I've been to neurologists and I've done different things and like that gives me the best, biggest relief of anything. Absolutely. And I mean, even in kids too, a lot of them and people with seizures, you know, I mean, just a, a drop of pure THC, 
just mellows it out. I mean, in a tincture Parkinson's, or something, Parkinson's, everything. Like, it's just, um, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a money grab. And they keep kind of play it off as like, well, how do we tax it? How do we do this? You know, <laughs> and then it kind of bumps heads with this quote unquote war on drugs. You know, it just makes everything, people want what they can't have at an alarming rate, you know, and that's obvious with what's going on at the border and everything coming on, you know, over that way with it. But as soon as, you know, the, Oregon, for example, legalized everything, psychedelics, um, math, they, there's just uh, decriminalized everything. Um, and it's showing that I'm sure there's an initial like spike in like curiosity, but it, it kind of plateaus at some point where people just, there's no more buzz about, ooh, I've got this or I've got this. And crime rate goes down because people no longer have a market to sell it on the black market anymore. And it's, it's more regulated. Um, you know, Amsterdam, you know, I mean, it's, that's a pretty damn safe place. Everything's pretty legal there. So, you know, prostitution included, but it's just a, um, the pharmaceutical industry within itself, and I've got family in it, you know, but, um, and a lot of them I've, you know, some, even pharmacists that aren't part of my family, um, are, are, are realizing that this, this push towards more natural remedies is huge. I mean, we're talking, um, about Pfizer earlier, I saw, I was going through my emails the other day, and the insurance emails always deal with health insurance and everything else, too. Um, Pfizer had, there was three articles that came out two days ago, actually, and Pfizer was mentioned in all three of them. And one of them was their sunscreen lawsuit for having cancer-causing substance in their sunscreen. They also make a cancer drug, imagine that. Another one was an antipsychotic that they prescribed that was causing irregular breast tissue to develop in all their patients. And the last one was they were tagged in the huge lawsuit that um, I forgot what the name of the major corporation was, but um, in the opioid ec- epidemic. I mean, they were mentioned in all three of those articles, um, yet people still trust them with. Well, I don't even the- know how that's possible, Michael, because all of that was approved by the FDA. <laughs> Correct? Yeah. Okay. Don't Every even bit get of it. Bigger. That's what's so crazy, though, is when you start talking about it. Chad and I had this conversation not long ago. You know, here we know for the last almost two years, we're dealing with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I understand that people have lost their lives, and I hate that, and I send condolences to those families. However, if we're going to trust the FDA, if we're going to trust the CDC, you know, Chad already touched on this. If this was about our overall health and they had our health concerns, if the reason we're wearing masks, if the reasons we're quarantining, if the reasons we're social distancing is because they generally had our health at the root of their concern, why the hell are they not pulling off all the candy Mm -hmm. and the food with dyes that Mm -hmm. cause cancer and all the sugar? I mean, you look at sugar just as a compound alone. Mm, So bad. I mean, you look at major illnesses and diseases in our country, diabetes, Mm -hmm. heart disease, stroke, cancer, all from sugar. Mm -hmm. But yet we just had a holiday, what, three, four days ago, Mm -hmm. five days ago, that that's what we do Mm -hmm. is we're pumping our kids full of this toxic chemical that the FDA is okay with. Totally fine with it. It's approved. It's safe. They even incentivize getting the vaccine with French fries. You know, weed, it's for a lot of times, alcohol. Free donuts. Free donuts. Have you ever seen the American Cancer Society? Don't even get me going there. They do fundraisers with their pink cookies and cupcakes. (laughs) I'm like, you're selling food that if you've read any sort of research, there's an oncologist I follow 
um, from Harvard. Dr. Thomas Seyfried is his name. And he talks about the metabolic side of cancer and how it occurs and the role sugar plays. And I'm like, but yet we're the American Cancer Society and for fundraisers, we're doing like bake sales. Mm -hmm. Like, what the hell is wrong with Mm -hmm. people? Like, it's time people wake up. Like... Uh it is just uh, we're you're gonna get me going down do it just roll along with it baby yeah but i'm like i'm just saying it's like how can we be so ignorant that we're in the midst of this pandemic and they care about us and they're protecting us no they don't Mm -mm. it's something bigger than this. nothing was mentioned about like we were saying zinc vitamin c vitamin d exercise get out in the sun you know what i mean get out in nature and, and really let your body cure itself um, none so of I, it was mentioned. So I did a video at the beginning of um, at the beginning of COVID, but just been around just a few months, right when the shutdowns and everybody was panicking and everything. And I I I, I think, and I, I agree with what I said then, and I think I kind of hit the, the the nail on the head at that point. As I said, I said, look, I said, if you really step back, and I really, when I was in college, we, I did a, my first philosophy class. Ever since then, I've just loved the, the topics about what's real, what's not real, what makes up life, the, the physics of this world, the spiritual aspect of this world. It's a lot of really interesting stuff. And the conclusion you come to is that there is an, an energy, an intelligence, a wisdom much greater than us that makes all this work, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially inside the human being. There, mm-hmm. There's something far greater than us that makes all this stuff work. Um, and the, the reality is, is, no, we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's not talked about. It's not talked about in healthcare. It's not talked about with wellness. I think that's why I'm so passionate about what we do and have done in our office. Is that what I do is is help people get reattached, reconnected to that innate intelligence mm-hmm. that makes things work. Um, and so the video that I ran at that point is I said I said look I said here here we are you know, facing this pandemic. And so where are we going to put our trust? Where are we going to put our faith? Are we going to put it into the spark of life at, at sperm and egg that, that there's actually light that is um, that comes out of that connection that develops that baby that creates this nervous system that makes a tree grow from an acorn that, that creates all the, 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 the winds, the, the seasons, all of that is from the same the intelligence mm-hmm. that makes everything work. It's been here for forever. It makes it all work. It always will be. It heals our cuts. It heals our cancers. It heals our infections. There is something amazing about that. And we discount it completely. We put no faith in it. We give no trust to it. We give no discussion about it. We are completely at this point taught that the only way to survive, the only way to be healthy, the only way to get through this life is you need to take external man-made mm-hmm. artificial chemicals to get through it mm-hmm. so if you have a headache the answer is to take tylenol or aspirin mm-hmm. if you get an ear infection the the answer is an antibiotic if you get the if you're sad the answer is an antidepressant if you're the the answer all the time is that something outside of your body that's not natural from your body that was man-made is far superior to this universal innate intelligence, mm-hmm. call it God, call it whatever you want to call it, it's far superior. And the reality is, is that it fails over and over and over and over again. But as we talked about, there's not much to gain in eating healthy, stretching and exercising, getting your adjustments, using natural products like the cannabis plant or 
anything else, just like the just like we talked about with um, zinc and vitamin C and these types of things. That, that was super effective in people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also blends right into, you know, t- tapping into what's what's real, what's real about this, this, this world that we live in, which is that there's something greater than us, and we need to tap into that a whole lot more, which is what our healthcare and life has been dedicated to, to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's the whole point. I mean, just look at what they're trying to do. They're trying to pull God out of everything. Now, like you said, whatever God may be. You know, they're trying to play God at this point to where they're trying to form this narrative, as you were saying, is that um, you have no control over your health. Everything just happens because it happens, but we're here to save you. We're here to save you with this little pill um, or this big pill or this entourage of pills, you know. Um, Or this vaccine. Eat, 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 yeah. Or this vaccine that has been proven does not work. And the effectiveness drops significantly after three to six months, significantly, which is why you look at the vaccine card. No wonder it's got eight, nine, ten blanks on it. They already, this wasn't just a little card with one or two shots. They knew that there was going to be booster after booster after booster after booster. And it's not even a vaccine. It's It's gene therapy because the FDA approved Pfizer's, but... Scott Gottlieb was a on the board of the FDA, or he was a commissioner for the FDA, and then he jumped on the Pfizer board. That's the only fucking reason that it was approved, yeah. you know, th- that quickly, especially. So you're absolutely right. There is, and as Nikola Tesla always said, everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. That's all everything breaks down to. For sure. And and even when you break down, can't if if you look at life like that, you can break down all diseases and realize that it's dis-ease with God or with nature. Like there's, there's just has to be some sort of adjustment, whether that be through what you're eating or not eating or consuming, um, you know, the exercise. alignment of your body. Exactly. Exercise, getting these dopamine and serotonin chemicals to float through your body to really energize your spirit. And, and, and that those happy chemicals that, um, are unfortunately numbed. You know, the, the, the solution right now is is to is to numb the pain. You know, well, to so make do, you forget so about you, it. So something that I've taught my entire career, and it it never changes. The answers are always the same, and it's it's a hundred percent accurate. Is exactly what you were just talking about. You said dis ease, but I um I used to do classes in my office all the time, and and now I don't do them as much. I do on the radio show and stuff, but. One of the questions I always asked all of my patients, all the people that, that trusted me for advice, I would say, how do you define health? I just ask, how do you define it? How do you know if you're healthy or not? Um, and across the board, I would get a variety of answers of, well, it's when you feel good. It's when you can get up and go to work. It's um, when your labs turn out right. It's uh, all these different things. And ultimately, if I took all the definitions that everybody said, it boiled down to it's when you feel good. We are taught that health is when you feel good, period. That's it. But the problem with that, what I teach about that is that if your only goal is I want to feel good, because that's what health is, I just want to feel good, then when you feel bad, your only objective is to feel good, which is what leads towards a quick fix, like Mm -hmm. a Tylenol or drug or medication or whatever, because that will make me feel good. As soon as I feel good, I've achieved health, because health is just when you feel good. Um, And... What it, you can look it up in the dictionary. That's not even the definition of health. The dictionary even has it right. It says that health is when you function hmm. at your highest or function at 100%. And it says mind, body, being, whatever. But 
that's that's are where this conversation is going is is what is it that makes us function better hmm. not what is it that makes us feel better feel better is dangerous you know mm-hmm. if your kid gets a fever and all you want him to do is feel better well you can give him tylenol but that's mm-hmm. been proven that that's not effective that they're so bad for you their immune system is actually working really effectively that's why they have the fever um, so when you give them the Tylenol or the Motrin, it lowers the fever. You stop their immune system. They have a tendency to get sick longer and re- repeat those sicknesses. So you ask the question is, well, okay, what do I need to do to help my child function better? Well, that's where these natural things come in. Is And, and it even helps you on your day-to-day decisions. If you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, my, my goal today is I just want to feel good. Well, feeling good, maybe sitting on the couch eating Doritos and mm-hmm. drinking some beers and maybe smoking some pot that mm-hmm. night, right? Does all that help you function better? Absolutely not. You're functioning worse from that. And if that's your day-to-day-to-day, then all of a sudden your body begins to break down, so you start to feel worse, so you do more things to make yourself feel better. You go get prescription meds and whatever. It's just this game you're chasing the the mirage of, I want to feel better, instead of saying, okay, I'm less concerned about how I feel. I'm more concerned about how I function. If you want to function well, then you're not going to sit on the couch. You're going to go do yoga or stretch or go for a walk. You're going to eat a salad or a chicken, lean chicken breast instead. You're going to get your chiropractic care, you know, once a week or once a month. You're going to get a massage. You're going to um, take your supplements. You're going to use hemp instead of, you know, a prescription. That's that's what this ultimately mm-hmm. is all about. And then you say you want to even go to like the vaccines and stuff like that. Is that making your body function better or worse? Well, if you look at the ingredients, all the toxins that are in there, it's making your body function worse, which mm-hmm. is where these statistics come from. Mm-hmm. More vaccines, more problems you have. There was studies years ago, 20 plus years ago, just about the flu vaccine mm-hmm. and that the repetition of the flu vaccine was linked to an increase in Alzheimer's mm-hmm. later on. Um, so there's a negative effect to all this stuff. And then you start looking and you say, well, viruses have been around forever. They're part of our life. They're on our body, in our intestines mm-hmm. all the time. Same with bacteria. So in the past, what they did is they every time you had a bacteria infection, you kill the bacteria. It's a, it's a, always a war. We got to fight the war, fight the bacteria. So they gave all these antibiotics. Well, guess what? That developed all these gut problems that people have now because it killed all their antibiot their bacteria that were in their body. It's the same with viruses. The the game is how do we coexist with bacteria and viruses? And the the higher your body functions the less you have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. The freedom that comes from functioning at a high level is you can't put a number on it. Like you don't have to worry about your kids all the time, 24 seven. You don't have to worry about, oh my God, are they gonna die from this infection? Are they gonna die from this ear infection? Are they gonna die from this and die from that? That's all fear-based. When you know that you're doing the right things to make them function, it is rare that you have to go into panic mode about it. Now, mm-hmm. when, when shit hits the fan and something bad happens, we have an amazing emergency medical system, and that's where you go. But that's not your stop for functioning well. For that's that's not activity. the stop for staying out of that system. Right. The, the way to stay out of that system is to is to make a new definition, which is I want to function at my best instead of just feel my best. And you well, can only do that preventatively. Right. Well, and to add into that, which Chad is making there too, is when you look at feeling versus function, um, there's people who feel really good that, you know, you hear about that person that goes in for a, a checkup and finds out they have cancer. Or, you know, I think the number one symptom of a heart attack and of death, of a heart attack in men is death. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Whoa. in like 60%, yeah. 70%, it's death. So you're talking about somebody that feels completely fine. I mean, we've heard about that marathon runner that runs every day and God, you know, drops dead of a heart attack. Well, if you're going to base your health purely on feeling, that's like a really bad indicator mm-hmm. because you can feel fine and really not be functioning well and not even know it. But what's, you know, in today's society, what is quote unquote fine? I think our mindset on health is so skewed um, as an entire mass population that people don't, they don't know how to, they don't know how to recognize how their body feels. Like oh, I agree pumping with that 100%. all of these processed chemical, all these processed foods, no exercise, staying inside and binge watching TV or playing video games. Like people just wake up in this fog and they think that's the norm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. for the majority of people, especially in America, um, the baseline of feeling good has almost reverted to just pure um, uh, pure intermittent dopamine drips. Like, that's the feel good. Like, they, they don't really pay attention to their body if my stomach hurts or I'm, I'm irregular with how I poop or my pee is an orange-yellow-ish color or my head always kind of has this hurt or a pressure to it or i'm a little hazy like people and then they just grow accustomed to this you know and then they just see all these commercials on tv about here pump yourself full of this pump yourself full of this and the baseline of feeling good is way 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 low to where they don't even recognize that they're not feeling good even you know and then and functioning well only happens when you push the limits of your body like you you can function well you know i can all function well just sitting here and waking up and going to work and hanging out with friends and going back to bed and it's just this we can feel well in that aspect but functioning well call you have to work out you have to move your body you have to go outside your comfort zone do things that don't make you comfortable mentally and physically you know and then that's when you're like okay you know i need to make an adjustment here i'm trying to take this to the next level i'm not functioning the way i need to so let's let's cut this out or let's add this and then you just kind of stair step it all throughout yeah we we desperately need new definitions in our country and the, the sad part is the definitions are right if you look in the the dictionary they're just wrong in our head mm-hmm. um people you will know. say normal headaches all the time oh i just get yeah. normal headaches like a headache is not normal that's your body telling you you know i always like the example of you know if you're driving in your car today and you leave here michael and your check engine light comes on what would you do typically go run the codes on it and right. figure out what it is but what we do as a society is we like to get out the duct tape Right. And let's put the duct tape over that check engine light and let's keep driving it. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just mask it. Let's cover it up. Let's not get. And that's what I love about the foundation of, you know, Chad's been here in Dixon for 24 years. Almost. Almost 24 years. Um, you know, doing what he does as well in his practice is like, we don't want to mask the symptoms. We, we want to figure out what is the cause of the problem. Like, why are you having this pain? Why are you having it? Let's figure that out so that you can go back to functioning at a different level. It's not about putting the duct tape over that check engine light. Mm-hmm. And it's these, um, going back to what you were saying about this universal consciousness, I've been watching a lot of energy healers lately that um, do like sound bowl methods and chants and mantras and um, different, uh, like the alms and, and the different Frequency. frequencies. Yeah, just um, and, and doing cancer healing because once again, you break everything down to energy, frequency, and vibration. All cancer is is some sort of 
irregular frequency within your body that has concentrated most of the time from this video most of the time that cancer is caused by a food but b stress stress is huge when it when it comes to cancer and they go in and they have to do these kind of past life regressions to where they'll go in and and there's some sort of mainly childhood trauma that has developed into this just ball of of negative energy somewhere within their body and they may not even recognize it consciously they may be going through life feeling okay but subconsciously which controls 95 percent of your day your breath your heart rate how you react to things how you walk how you talk how you do everything um it's it's buried in there somewhere and these energy healers are going in and they're manipulating the frequency of these people's bodies and going in doing these past life regressions and finding that that where that came from some sort of and it could have been minor one of the examples was um some girl was doing a class project in like second or third grade and she did the wrong project and all the kids in the class made fun of her and it like and and she didn't even really wasn't even really thinking about the rest of her life but it really really affected her and they went in and they found that specific moment through a past life regression and her cancer started to heal within that next week like they just went in and kind of obliterated it and moved on you know and i mean it's just this energy centers in your body that need to be aligned i mean the chakra system within the body is a it's measurable like they've mm -hmm. done it there's a clean i think it's klinglian klinian photography to where there was a guy that f photographed humans and and he had this method of doing it to where he there was a measurable aura no. you could see all the different colors of the chakras radiating out from the body and and those who had a large aura their heart center chakra was wide open. They were full of love and joy, you know, and bliss and peacefulness. And um, they were just happy with the now moment, their current situation. And their aura was much, much bigger than those that are addicted to, like you were saying, which we were saying, um, this, this fear porn based society, which causes everybody's heart chakra specifically, but most of the rest of them to just condense and become these really hard rocks that, um, that don't function at all. At all, like at all, and then, like you said, the baseline for feeling good just plummets. Well, that interesting you brought that up because um, the originator, who's gives claim to be in the, the founder of chiropractic, uh, B.J. Palmer was uh, actually his dad, D.D. Palmer. Um, one of the concepts they talked about was tone, mm. um, the tone of the body, and um, very much like a guitar string or whatever that when it's in. Uh, in tune, it gives the right tone. Well, the body's the same way. And what they talked about is, is the, the, the reason that chiropractic came about is that what they figured out is that when the, the spine itself, when the vertebrae are shifted out of alignment, almost imperceivable where you don't even know it, it changes the tone of the body, which is the tone of the body is the nervous system. And what runs through the nervous system is that innate intelligence that we talked about. So when, when, a, when you get a specific chiropractic adjustment, it changes the tone of the body. Now, what's interesting about that is I was taught that back when I was in school and I was, it seemed very philosophical at that point. There wasn't a lot of science to back, to back that up. Um, but the science caught up, and the mm -hmm. science said that that was exactly right. That he he got he figured that out in 1895, mm -hmm. and he was dead on the money. Although people would have made fun of him then, that they figured out that that a chiropractic adjustment 
actually causes the brain, the human brain, to come out of a stress response and go back into a relaxed response. Mm. And when the brain is relaxed, the body's relaxed, all the organs, everything, it changes the tone. Mm -hmm. That's why chiropractic has worked for all these years. There's no way chiropractic would have been around this long if it didn't work. It's right. certainly not from marketing or right. <laughs> the schools or but anything else. That's how it works. Too, they all, like, I mean, I remember even people I've talked to over the years, you know, you talk to them, oh, have you ever been to a chiropractor? Well, I don't have back pain. <laughs> what they don't understand is, again, we're going back to the, you know, feeling versus function. Okay, you don't have pain. Well, you don't need pain to go, but it's about functioning. And they've done studies um, with measuring, like, the millimeters of mercury and the weight. And they found that the weight of a dime, which I can't quote you how much it weighs, but it's obviously not much, can decrease. That amount of pressure on a nerve can decrease the nerve's function by, like, 70%. Oh, my God. So meaning that when you look at the spine, and this is just an anatomical fact, I mean, the nervous system is made up of the brain, spinal cord, and all the nerves coming off of it, is when you look at that nervous system and you think, okay, you can start from, you know, at the base of your skull, your neck, going all the way down, you know, mid-thoracics, we're talking lungs, you know, down lower back to the stomach, to the reproductive organs, all these things. Well, if the weight of a dime, you don't have any pain or symptoms and you don't feel it, but that nerve's not functioning, then over time you wonder, well, now you've got the patient that shows up with infertility issues yeah. or stomach issues or can't breathe. So, you know, chiropractic is so much more than the back and neck pain that mm -hmm. we've gotten put into this box over the years. It's, it's you know, my kids, his as well, were adjusted. I mean, I've got a picture. My daughter was adjusted within, you know, minutes of being born. Mm. But oh, sorry. No, I, I mean, I was just going to say just that alone, people don't understand like, well, what's, you know, why does a kid need chiropractic? Well, the birthing process alone, if you've they're ever all, you've seen, seen them in there, all what they up do, and they come out, yeah. yeah, and, and you know, like the process of just being in the birth canal and the pulling and twisting and yanking. So it's like you have this child come out whose now nervous system is going to grow and develop that has interference from birth just from the process. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then you end up with the colic and the ear infections and the bedwetting and all these other things that chiropractic has huge success with. But just, I mean, just think of the topics that we've covered already from tone to vibrations to colors to chiropractic to medicinal plants to we haven't even talked about acupuncture she does acupuncture all these different things and they're all doing the same thing they're increasing the function and we don't know near enough about it as we should so imagine what our country and our world would be like is when somebody shows up with a stomach ache or cancer or whatever we started the, the conversation in these areas and we started saying what is it that caused this stomach problem? What is it that caused these migraines? What is it that caused this cancer? And why is the body not functioning the way it's supposed to? And what can we do to get the body to start functioning better? How can we get the body to start to heal itself and not create these problems? Though these are the discussions that need mm -hmm. to happen with that. We start going, okay, well, you know, what about the chakras and what about the energy and what about the subluxations in the spine and what about the nervous system and what about the nutrition and what about the gut issues and the balance of bacteria and the stress, stress, stress in your body in and mm -hmm. unresolved traumas from your past and all that stuff. If, if as a country, if our CDC and FDA and our medical systems and our chiropractic systems put all their money and effort into really helping people get well, mm -hmm. we'd help people get well. But there's something that stands in the way of that, mm -hmm. and that's money. 100%. So here's the deal. Every time there's a new problem, 
then there's an opportunity to make a lot of money off that problem by creating a solution. But it's not a solution. It just treats the symptoms. It's more money. And it's a big problem. It's mm-hmm. a huge, huge problem. And the ones that cause the problems also try to fix it, too. For sure. Isn't for it? sure. Isn't it's that... a billion-dollar industry. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of money. I mean, I've said this for years, and I'm going to bash the American Cancer Society, but I'm doing it again, is, like, you can't tell me. I mean, there's other countries that people go to for alternative treatments for cancer with IV infusions and vitamin C mm-hmm. and hyperbaric and all these other things that are not our normal chemo and radiation. Well, you can't tell me in all the developments in big pharma that there is not a cure for cancer. Like 100%. There, has there been. is they, and there, there is ha- cures there, in other places. Ha- mm-hmm. But what the thing is in the US that makes it so frustrating is you know what we just talked about. There is a whole lot of money to be made by putting people on chemo and radiation and drugs and which destroys the immune system yeah for sure you're doing completely the opposite and it blows my mind because even that michael like i know some people that are going through cancer treatments in west tennessee and i see their posts and like they're going around again with the effing cart handing them out cookies while they're on their drips with their and i'm like what in the hell is going like it just doesn't make sense We interrupt this episode with a message from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by The Station. The Station is downtown Dixon's premier event venue. Located inside historic Mulberry Mill, The Station is a perfect space for a wedding or reception, birthday party or baby shower, conference or class, photo or video shoot, and even a live music performance. Just a quick 45-minute commute from Nashville, Clarksville, and Columbia, the station provides your guests with a classy and convenient experience in the heart of downtown Dixon's up-and-coming environment. To book your next event, please contact Andy Truman at 336-693-4311 or email her at events at mulberrymilldixon.com. Now let's get back to it and enjoy the rest of this episode. And the thing is, is there has been a, a oh, I say proven, but there was a guy, I forgot, I'm sure you may have heard of him, but um, he was able to, and I, I can't remember the name of the machine, the guy right off the top of my head, but he was able to create a machine that, back to the energy frequency vibration, was able to match the inner, the, the frequency of the tumor and it would just go in, and he could go in and scan the body and find it, and then match the frequency of the tumor, and it completely just yep, obliterated. I've seen it that. would go away. Yep. And they fucking pummeled him. They just squashed oh, yeah. him into the ground, did away with the patent, hid the patent, whatever it may be, and moved oh, on with just so many people. Have you followed Dr. Mm-hmm. Mercola, Joe Mercola's mm-hmm. stuff for years? Um, you know, he's a chiropractor. No, he's a, a osteopath, I think. Osteopath. He's a medical doctor. But if okay. you go on Mercola.com, he's just, for years and years, tons of research on lots of different health and wellness things, and that's what he was telling me even just a few months back, like, that they were going to shut down his site. Yeah, you know, he um, he put a post out. Um, he's been around for years. I, I, for years. Great guy, very educational, very open to alternative method, methods, um, and he started posting stuff about COVID and doing natural remedies for it, including the zinc and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know what happened, but I saw he sent an email out in a post that basically he was going to stop. He was going to stop putting stuff out. He was going to shut his whole whole site down, all that kind of stuff. 
because all of the threats that were coming at him, like, I guess, economically to his family, whatever. And he was like, it's just not worth it at this point. So um, the mafia comes after people like that. And it's unbelievable. And then now you've got um, these fact checkers, you know, (laughs) it's 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 you put anything on Facebook and it. I've had so many things not even be able to post. Like, I can have it up there, and I can hit the button, and it won't even post it. Or if it does, it puts this, you know, disclaimer on there. Here's some more information from Mark Zuckerberg, you know, of what the vaccine really is. Or, you know, I've been kicked off Facebook twice, um, (laughs) once permanently, once temporarily. And then along with that permanent one, my personal Instagram account got shut down, which was nothing but family pictures, but since they own each other. um, Yeah. Well, and if the, you had this this right here, what we've been talking about right now, if you were doing this on a live feed on mm-hmm. Facebook, it would already have been shut. Oh out. yeah, somebody. Yeah, I'd have you know, I'd have Johnny out there with a club waiting to break my legs <laughs> exactly. you know, as soon as we got over with. But um, so, how does this? How, how, how does in a perfect world? How does this get fixed? Because I know that medical doctors, you know, MDs, don't get taught anything about natural health in medical school is that is that true like they don't have as far as i know of I, there's there's, a, there's some that, that figure it out on their own i mean a lot right. of my education was on my own right. as well i mean you just get the basics to get through right. school and here's so. the deal i'm not throwing mds under the bus like right. i think when they go to school i think for the most part i like to look at like human beings as good and i think most doctors probably have really great intentions you know like they want to help people they want to make a difference mm-hmm. that's why they went to medical school um, maybe there's some that don't, but I think the difference is, is the, the philosophy. And like you said, um, you start pulling in big pharma. Well, if your method of treatment is through your pharmacology class and you learn all these drugs that that's the cure, you can't really blame them. That's what they were taught and educated mm-hmm. to do. So we come in from a very different perspective of, as Chad said, innate intelligence and whether it be God or whoever you think designed our bodies intelligently, it's just a different way of thinking. So, you know, to answer that question, Michael, like, how do we fix this? I think those people, people need to take responsibility for their own health. Mm -hmm. You know, people need to not look for the quick fix. Like, if you're having, like I said, the headache, like, what's the cause of it? Like, eating right. I mean, it makes me sick when I think of even just, like, what we do to our children. Like I said, we just had Halloween. And I, um, I don't know if you're familiar. Have you ever heard of the Switch Witch? Mm-mm. No. Well, the switch that witch. scary. No, the switch witch <laughs> is great. But what the switch witch does is she will come the night or two after Halloween, and she will switch out all the candy for fruits and a toy okay. or you know something that they want. Um, with my kids, what we've done the last few years, and I honestly still have my own like feelings about it because I feel guilty, but. There's a lady in our community who takes um, and donates it to, like, the soldiers and stuff, which, again, I feel like I'm, like, giving them toxic poisoning chemicals, so I feel like I shouldn't give it to the it's soldiers no worse either. than what the federal government's trying to do with them right now. <laughs> I said they're just eating the government food, and they probably aren't getting a lot of candy. So yeah. Um, really those MREs are extremely healthy. But yeah. I do. I let my kids go through, and I let them pick out 10 pieces. I'm like, pick out the 10 pieces you like or what you want. I'll let you keep those, which is probably even more than they need. Um, but the rest is is going like in and like I said, the switch witch can come and actually swap it out with a, like try like a something they want a toy or whatever, which I think is really cool. Absolutely. Um, as an idea, but it's like what we're doing to our kids, like feeding them, you know. And I'm not a perfect parent by any means, but I try to do the best I can. Like we don't drink sweet tea, we don't have sodas in our house, we drink water. Um, 
it's just making a conscious effort. I think there's some really easy, basic things you could do. Like you said, getting outside, walking, playing with the kids. I mean, just easy, applicable things that increase your health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And you're not you're not relying on an outside source to take care of that. Um, okay, I would like to maybe get in this with y'all just a little bit. Um, so on this higher intelligence fact in this homeostasis of the body, have you all looked into anything on um, psychedelic mushrooms at all? Some, yeah. Psilocybin yeah. effects, um, even at a, from what you're saying, a microdose base. Uh, so I've studied quite a bit on it. Um, I mean, and it's mentioned all throughout history. It's on cave paintings. You know, the Egyptians had it mentioned. You know, it's been mentioned. There's some pictures of um, some depictions of Jesus um, with mushrooms as well, too. And um, a lot of research. Um, you know, from from biologists and um, just scientists, just in general, and the studies that they've done, as far as uh, maybe not having a full psychedelic trip, which has been proven to be extremely effective in a guided manner, but um, microdosing psilocybin within itself, it rewires your brain, it lengthens your telomeres, um, it rejuvenates your neurons. Um, to where those stress signals are uh, completely rewired, like the 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 action reaction response to something that would typically stress you out is completely rewired to where you're a little more um, neutral about the situation and happy about it. So um, I, I think what uh, and there's a couple states right now that are starting to decriminalize it, but I think um, of of any up and coming. Um, of any up and coming substance right now, I think psilocybin mushrooms is probably the next CBD at a microdose basis. I mean, it's, it's from, from a guided perspective, um, you'll take, you know, a pretty significant dose of psilocybin and you'll have this guide in there with you and you'll go through this trip. Um, it has shown a 70 to 75% reduction in PTSD, depression, anxiety, stress, alcoholism in one dose and one dose that lasts years you don't even have to have a quote-unquote booster dose or whatever it right. may be lasts years because you go through and you literally dive into your subconscious and they'll go in and guide you through i mean just watching these people do this trip they're in there with a blindfold on in a nice room with candles and scents um and this they'll cry they'll scream they'll get mad i mean it's just this full emotional roller coaster but when they come out of it I mean, it's just like silence in their it's brain. A, it's another fascinating thing, which, you know, my, my backstory is I was raised extremely conservative. Um, so I, I was anti all drugs of mm-hmm. any kind, uh, including marijuana is worse thing from the devil, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole, devil's the, lettuce, the devil's lettuce. <laughs> um, and doesn't Tyler <clears throat> Childers sing about that? Yeah, he does. So <laughs> I, I am proud of, of my boys. I raised them to all be free thinkers and question things and not just take, you know, everything from it. And, it was actually my oldest son who was like, Dad, he was like, you know, he was like, uh, if you're going to go have some, some drinks, some alcohol, he was like, that's not good for you. He's like, it's bad for you. He said, you should at least be open to something else like marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, and as she said before, I, I don't like marijuana. I don't, I don't use it. I don't like it. Um, and, but, I, but I have a tremendous respect from it at this point because here's the deal. It's way better than alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you can, you can take a room this size of marijuana and not die. Mm-hmm. Um, you may feel really bad, Go to sleep. Um, but you're not going to die. Eat it, you get the yeah. munchies. Um, 
So so interesting. My another one of my boys uh, made me had me listen to Joe Rogan's podcast on the uh, mushrooms mm-hmm. with a couple of experts on it. And I thought it was fascinating because he did go back to the drawings and how they were paintings of the mushrooms with all this stuff, mm-hmm. which which brings me to this, the same question that I've had originally, which is the powers that be at some point said, we don't want the general public to have access to the mushrooms. Right. The powers that be at some point said, we don't want the general public to have access to marijuana or hemp. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't know, 20 years ago, I would have probably been like, well, that's because they're defending people and they don't want them to be sick. Well, I'm a little more um, pessimistic than I used to be. And I honestly, I think that um, that they, they knew a long time ago that these were things that worked really well um, for people. And um, having sick people is a really way to control people. Um, and... Um, the mushroom thing blew me away when mm-hmm. I started seeing the research on that, that just like you said, people with horrible anxiety, PTSD, non-functional, all this abuse, all this stuff, that they could do one dose with no side effects and be good for years mm-hmm. after. I'm like, again, it's a conversation mm-hmm. we had before. Why are we not looking at that? Why are we not studying that? Uh, you know, you can study it. Mm-hmm. I can study it. We can go try to raise some money, but that's a slow process. Mm-hmm. But if we put put all the research that we have in the United States into figuring that out, but then again, you know, who who doesn't want that? Who's who's, out? Hold, who's holding on to the money? Exactly. You know? So uh, I think it's fascinating. It is, and um, I, I I I honestly think that. Um, there are uh, just because getting into the research just in general, you start to find these little groups of people. You know, you start to find these Facebook pages, or you start to find um, these kind of little societies of people, and then you watch videos of of speakers with rooms full of hundreds of people, and they speak specifically on the psilocybin topic. So, but and and that's just you know, and then there's multiple speakers across the country. So there's, I mean, there's groups of probably hundreds of thousands of people. I know I'm in a Facebook group alone with 100, 150,000 people on one Facebook group of, of, of psilocybin and psychedelic research and effects it has on people and um, giving advice as far as like body weight, age, temperament, how to, how to measure your microdoses, the different types of mushrooms, just like there's different strands of cannabis. Um, and there's just this grassroots effort right now of these alternative health medicines. I mean, even... Um, LSD at the same thing that that is lab created but at a micro dose um, it has the similar effects of psilocybin um, it is at the point right now I, I I feel me personally in the research that I'm doing and it may just because I'm so far deep down the rabbit hole um, is that uh, we're at a breaking point on a lot of things right now to where um, something's gonna have to gonna have to give something is i mean we're at a point right now to where um there's something being pushed around right now about giving four hundred fifty thousand dollars to illegal immigrants that were separated from their parents right i'm gonna i'm gonna denounce my citizen (laughs) i'm gonna go across the border come back you know yeah whatever it may i'll put a mustache and a sombrero on i don't care like it's it it's just who in their right mind would ever think that was normal or a good thing to do period when you've got Companies being shut down. Our administration seems to think it's a good idea. Right. Well, it's because it's a bigger voter base. 
Um, but to the point is that you're starting to see some states. I mean, even in Canada right now, you know, they've they've got some huge um, can, uh, cannabis companies. You know, Canopy Growth is up there, and several Aurora is up there. So, um, you know, given the state of Canada and Trudeau, and you know, whatever we may think about that, but you know, they're kind of. But you know, is it is it this carrot in front of the donkey thing? You know what I mean? Is it smoke and mirrors? They're like, oh yeah, we knew this the whole time that this was good, but we were just kind of. So now you can have it. You can have the weed. Oh yeah, here's a couple states. We'll decriminalize the mushrooms for you, but don't look over here. You know, just just focus on this now. Um, well, it doesn't get legalized until right. it can be profitable. Exactly until it can be taxed appropriately, exactly. and, and that's what I've said. Somebody was asking me, they were like, "When do you think they'll legalize it in Tennessee?" I was like, "Not until they figured out how to make money. Mm-hmm. When when you can make more money legalizing it than you can criminalizing it, then mm-hmm. that's when it switches." But they're the ones pumping it into the system first place yeah possibly. you know <laughs> it's the that's the whole thing is like it, it, it's just the it's it's a control aspect that has yeah. money to do with it um but i honestly think that the corporatization of these drugs could possibly be the worst thing that's ever happened to them because once you start monopolizing the scene you start having these big fish eat up these little fish and you start monopolizing the scene then you've got this uniform product you know you've you've got a company that may not diversify themselves or um, whether it be you know decriminalized or not, um, they, they need to obviously companies need to make a profit in order to grow and to continue. Um, but being greedy about the whole situation is where the problem starts to come into play because then you've got different people with different problems and they're having fewer and fewer sources to go to. Um, that ultimately, when everything funnels back up to the top, it gets back to the bad people. Yeah. Well, the the next phase of this, when you say where's this all heading, is um, you know, one of the things that gets discussed and is is being worked on is you take, oh, okay, well, you know, the the medicinal parts of marijuana are really great. So if I'm a drug company, then if I can make a drug to mimic that, but make it artificial, mm-hmm. then I can put a patent on it, I can sell it, and we can still criminalize marijuana and get rid of it. That's I see similar things with the mushrooms. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, the psilocybin is doing amazing. Mm-hmm. How do we mimic that in a drug and sell the drug and make it legal and keep that illegal? Mm-hmm. So it, you're right. We're at a tipping point on which direction this is going to go. But um, the the powers that be are not going to let go of power just, they even, just because people want it. It's just they're going right. to fight that all the way through. They made a pharmaceutical. I can't think of the name of it off the top did. of my head with cannabis. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't working and it wasn't effective. And what they found out the problem was is back to what we talked about earlier with the entourage effect is it was created in a lab, you know, synthetically. It wasn't, it didn't have all the other cannabinoids and properties to it because it was created in a lab. Mm -hmm. So you can't just take something out of nature and expect to get these same results because it's not how it was intended. Like, that's not how it was created. Well, this ultimate God source created it, right? That's right. And it's totally As well as they created it us and they created, you know, Mother Gaia, this planet, and everything was is is supposed to work symbiotically right. and in harmony. I read an article and I didn't read too deeply inside of it, um, that um weeds weeds, like regular weeds that grow um around your house, um, are actually um and I've stopped pulling not not my that my house is covered in weeds, but um <laughs> that weeds that grow around your house just naturally are um, medicinal plants for ailments within your body that you may or may not know that you have. So like you can kind of collect those plants and put them in a tea or something and it'll, 
latch on to whatever kind of discord you've got going on in your body and, and that the land that you live on just knows it like it naturally wants to heal you so i do have a little tree that i haven't cut the weeds out of and i'll go and pick them and chew on them you know for whatever reason i made sure they're not poisonous but <laughs> now you're now you're back to this amazing energy that runs mm-hmm. this planet and how it's mm-hmm. all knowing and we're part of that and and it's way more than we'll we understand even close at this point so i feel like it's really easy though in the sense of I mean, I've asked this question is if you would identify yourself as a spiritual, religious, whatever you want to identify yourself as, and you actually do believe that this innate, this God, this whoever you want to refer to them created us, then why do you think it wasn't done intelligently? Like, that's what I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I've asked that question. Like, there's no bit of me that doesn't think that my God that I believe in, that I think created me, screwed up or left out some COVID vaccine or didn't put enough, you know, Zoloft in me. Like, (laughs) it's true, though. It's like, if we're going to talk about this and be true, like, is that really the God you believe in? Like, he was an idiot and screwed up and didn't give you enough of all these drugs and chemicals. And then, you know, it's just, it's crazy because... We'll I, I believe God these. designed me intelligently, but that's just my God. I well, guess. and put us in a situation um, uh, that gave us all potential to succeed in life, you know, but also knew that free will um, is the only thing that that we need. You know, it's just like Adam and the apple and, and Eve is that, you know, he put all these, but don't eat from here. But he couldn't create the Garden of Eden without the forbidden fruit tree because you can't there is no power of choice when you don't have one. Like if everything is just good, then everything's just good, but you can never grow in a full state of, of order. You know, you've got to have back to the yin and the yang. You've got to have that chaos within your life in order to really figure out who you are and who you can be because growth only happens in chaos. That's it. Period. Absolutely. You walk the border of those two fissures and realize that when shit's going south, that order can emerge, which is the little white dot at any time. You just trust God's plan that you're in the right moment in the now moment and things happen for you, not to you. Right? Isn't that right? And then but if you get into too much order you're going to go insane, but you've got to have it as a foundation. But if you get into too much chaos, it's tyranny, and you're just going to go fucking mad as well. So you just kind of... And people are like, Michael, why are you so crazy? I was like, because I do spend a lot of time in the chaos, and then I'll spend some time in the order, and it's just like back and forth, and then you just kind of learn to straddle that line at all times. You know, right. you just, you're just you on the leading edge of creation at every point in time. People think they shouldn't have problems. You know, that's the biggest problem we have, is that if there are no problems... You know, those problems, when you change your mindset and you realize that those problems are a gift, Mm -hmm. and it's in those challenges that we have where the most amount of growth happens. Mm -hmm. You know, so if we never had a challenge or a problem to grow from, we would never go to the next level. And so, you know, I love you. you, I use that saying a lot that, you know, life is happening for us and Mm -hmm. not to us. Like we're, it's, it's exactly where we're supposed to be doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And that the now moment manifestations, the moment that we're living right now, are, are delayed reactions of our past thoughts and actions. Like, every, there's a catch-up game to this here. It's not like, you know, what you experience now is where your mindset was however long ago, however long it took to manifest. Like, the other day, I was telling somebody about this, is that there was a pile of dog shit in my yard. And um, <laughs> I neglected to pick it up, 
And uh, But as soon as I stepped over it, I was like, I'm going to step in that. I need to do something about that. Forgot about it, went about my day. Two days later, doing the same thing, stepped right in it, bare feet. I'm talking. and But that's the thing. is like I didn't even question that narrative. There was no resistance to that thought whatsoever. I, there was a sense of knowing that at some point I was going to step in that dog crap. And I did, you know? But it's the same thing. Like There's this sense of, of, of knowing that things are going to are going to go a certain way for you once you can kind of get yourself in alignment of um of just letting life be and knowing that things are going to work out you know in a manner they may not be exactly the way they need that you think they need to work out though you know you just it's it's all it's this hero's journey of just starting going out getting interested in something finding a mentor or somebody that's interested with you so you can kind of pick up the knowledge you don't know and then going and and feeding your dragon which is guarding your gold of your of your goal there i mean you go and you finally get to the point where you're like all right i'm ready to take this on like this podcast like it took a lot for me to of people talking to and some nerves of like putting my opinion and suggestion and figuring out an interview but then you finally go and you defeat your dragon and you continue on and then started doing trivia you know there goes another hero's journey kind of thing you just break it down into where um you know feelings of stress anxiety doubt um guilt shame like those shouldn't be real emotions in the first place i mean we can get into the tony robbins stuff of like how he starts his morning of just like it's not necessarily a meditative state because you correct me if i'm wrong obviously is that he's um, feels that you can't necessarily really quiet. I mean, you can quiet the mind, but it's more about empowering your day to start yeah. off. Right? I mean, Tim Ferriss, I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. him, but you know, he's uh, got a book that he recently wrote, uh, The Tools of Titans. And it. what yeah. was really cool in that book is he interviewed um, several hundred people from, you know, millionaires, billionaires, athletes. And what he found is he said, if you win the morning, mm-hmm. you win your day. Mm-hmm. Like that morning ritual. Um, is so important of what you do. And what was interesting is he found there was five things that these people that were had success from all areas, rather it was athletes, you know, actors, famous people, whatever, is they did five things. And what was interesting, Michael, and I share this with a lot of people, is those five things, I was like, oh, this is going to be like really big stuff, right? But what they were, the first thing is making their bed. Mm-hmm. The next was getting some sort of movement and reps. It was hydration because we all wake up dehydrated water, um, meditation, mm-hmm. so whether that be meditation or prayer. And then the last thing was um, five to 10 minutes of like reading slash journaling. Mm-hmm. But these were the things that these people from all areas, all walks of life, all across the world that had the most amount of success, they did these things consistently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know success leaves clues. So mm-hmm. I always say, you know, if you want to be successful, you might as well copy the things that successful people are doing. Mm-hmm. And it's simple stuff. It's It wasn't like... It's these, not life-changing stuff. Yeah, people. I mean, we're talking like feeding the mind, mm-hmm. doing some movement, hydrating. I mean, and, and that's what you know, is taught is if you can win your morning, the rest of your day goes good is starting with, you know, I I heard this quote, it was cool. It said rituals plus routine equals peak performance. So like with the Olympics, just this past summer is there certain rituals, those athletes, those people that have success do as part of their routine day in and day out. But that's what gets them to that level. Mm -hmm. So us as humans, it's like, if you want to be to that next level, what are some of just like that really simple, basic things that you can implement in your life? that would take you to the next level. And it may be something as simple as making your bed and hydrating and reading for 10 minutes in the morning. I mean, it's not hard stuff. 
It's creating order within the chaos. It's something so simple. At least you've got something to go back to. At least you can say, I accomplished something. I made my bed. You know, I woke up and drank water, which with me, I do pink Himalayan salt and lemon every morning. Um, at least I was took some self-care and meditated, you know, and then at least I elevated my heart rate to get my blood going. And then I throw in a cold shower every morning too, just because that fucking slams every vital organ. It boosts your immune immune system. You feel great when you get out, dude. Like people are like, you took a cold shower? Hell yeah. Like I'll do a little warm shower. I'll clean out all my system. Um, and then I'll just slam it on cold for like three minutes and just stand there and I'll wash my body. Um, let it run just right down my spine and just hit that vagus nerve all the way down and it just shoots and your hands tingle and you get out and you just feel like a champ. I don't even really need coffee in the morning anymore. Like I, I've, I've, after starting cold showers about a year and a half ago, I'll drink coffee. Um, occasionally if I've got like a coffee meeting or something, but I don't even need it Have anymore. Have you followed Wim Hof? Or- oh yeah. The Wim Hof breathing methods. That guy's insane. He's That's correct. what I that said. She told me she wants me to go do Wim Hof insane. and I'm like, I don't I just, know that I want to get mean, naked. I mean, when you see him though, like for real, he <laughs> so guides these people, crazy. which goes into like, we could come back and do a whole nother podcast mm-hmm. on this is like the power of the mind. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just getting in this state where yes, they are in the mountains in snow barefoot yeah barefoot but it's about your state it's Mm -hmm. about controlling the mind it's the breathing it's and yeah i don't know if you've seen the video where he dives in this hole like under the ice Mm -hmm. and he swims and he actually can't find the hole so he's under there like way longer and he finally finds it but it's like could have died you know crazy Mm -hmm. but he's in this calm just like obviously if you panic it's not gonna work Mm -hmm. um you know so it's just it's all about the and it's it's fascinating to me when you start into all that of just the power we do have with our mind and what we can control my state was not good this past tuesday and wednesday because i got up and i was complaining because it was 31 degrees and that was really cold to me <laughs> but <laughs> i was not born in canada yeah, I yeah, yeah. That stuff you don't me. have it in your dna to do that no um but you're absolutely right and people it's Obviously, I'm a little weird, um, and I'm, I'm starting to, you know, people such as yourself, we can resonate with some of these conversations, but some people can't, but they're just open to it, and um, after trivia last night, I was having a conversation with someone, um, and they actually cried a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know if I should feel bad or not, but... Um, <laughs> you made them cry. Uh, yeah, well, I think I broke something, a, 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 a neurological connection in their brain throughout the conversation, but... Um, there was an issue that had come up and, um, you know, to, to each their own on how you deal with your issues. But, um, you know, I just looked at him and I said, you're choosing to feel this way. I mean, you, you're absolutely making this choice and, and you're letting th- this external situation control your internal environment. And to me, that's the definition of insanity. Like if, if you're allowing something or someone that to do something to you who was it that had the was it epictetus i can't i can't remember who had the quote but it said um those who anger you will soon become your master you know because they're obvi- they're the puppeteer of how your emotions work you know and um and and it, it kind of seems a little um not really what's the word for it so sociopathic almost uh when I tell people I don't need I don't need you I don't need my kids I don't need my wife I don't need my dogs to make me feel a certain way like I just feel how I feel now obviously there are these kind of ebb and flows in relationships and how they need to function symbiotically and, and coherently but um, you know and you and, and that other person may need to kind of in order for things to work you know 
like in a forest, the undergrowth typically dies out and the bigger trees kind of take over, but they all work together kind of thing. And, um, everything just balances out. But, um, you know, some people rely way too much on other people's thoughts about them. You know, how, how does other people think about me? What are other people going to think about what I do? Um, or somebody does something and it pisses you off and then your whole body goes into this completely different state. And then it got into the point where I was like, you know, you're having this issue right here. I'm living in my own little world, yet we're sitting right next to each other and we're having two completely different experiences of this entire situation. It's like you're almost in a different dimension. You know what I mean? It's the meaning he gave to it. I would say that literally what you just touched on is probably how she ended up being a Tony Robbins coach. And I will say is one of the most powerful concepts out there, which is... um, I, I, it wasn't Tony Robbins that I originally heard it from. I actually think it was probably Wayne Dyer that I mm, actually heard it from originally. Awesome. Yeah, and he explained it like this. He said, he said everything is an event. Mm. It's not a positive event. It's not a negative event. It's an event. Mm-hmm. It's just an event. What makes it positive or negative is our own thoughts and stories around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, her, and her and I had some conversations with, about that early on. Um, and anytime you bring that up, if it's somebody's first time to hear it, they're like, I, I can't wrap my head around that. I don't know what you're talking about. Because they always go to this extreme and they say, well, what if my kid died? Like, that's bad. Like, that's not me defining it as bad. That is bad. And, of course, that's very difficult to come back with and discuss it because you say, yes, it is bad. And everybody would be upset about that. And, obviously, you're going to mourn and grieve and everybody's going to do that on your own. But, ultimately, at some point, you do get to define that event. Mm-hmm. And there are people who have a child die and they move on to end up do, they use that as a booster to do amazing things. That's how Mothers Against Drunk Drivers came about. That's how all these things, there's people that go through a trauma and they define it in a way that gives them motivation and positivity and they do something amazing with it. Or, you know, my parents were drug addicts, I was homeless, et cetera, et cetera. Um, In fact, I even saw a post on Facebook not too long ago, had two people, one sitting there with a suit and eating a salad or whatever, and one guy was like homeless, and at the top it said um, something to the effect of, um, uh, the reason I am what I am is because my father was an alcoholic. But Mm. it had two different, one was Mm. successful, one wasn't. It's all dependent on the story that you want to create Mm. around that which is powerful for your marriage and relationships, it's powerful for your business, it's powerful for your happiness. Just like you were saying, nobody else can make me happy or sad or mm-hmm. mad. They they it's only can choice. if I give them control um, by, by the story I want to tell myself, which mm-hmm. is um, not something that's just easy to be like, oh, I'm just going to tell myself a great story. We all still get triggered and mm-hmm. lose our shit at different times. Mm-hmm. But you can sit back and be like, is that really how I want to define that? Right. And you can redefine it however you want to, um, which brings us to what we talked about earlier, which is just living a beautiful life. Yeah, uh, being in a beautiful state. I just, bliss, I, just, I just listened to a podcast um, yesterday that was amazing, and I've heard it before, and it's about living in a beautiful state. And what we know when we talk about emotions is that our emotions, there's three things. Number one is we control our focus. So there's a saying I've learned and use a lot is where focus goes, energy flows. So back to that energy we've already talked about is like what you're focused on is what you feel. Mm -hmm. And so you can change that focus. You can change it in a matter of seconds. And then the next thing to the focus is the meaning, which Chad said is, is what meaning do you give to that event? I mean, you can have something happen and we're meaning makers. We make up meanings all day long. I mean, if, if I'm at home tonight making dinner, waiting on Chad, and Chad's not there, 
and he's late and he doesn't show up and I give it the meaning of he's in a wreck or he's cheating on me or mm-hmm. I mean those meanings are going to create a physiological response in my body they're going to make me feel really bad mm-hmm. but I could also give the meaning of he's meeting with Michael or he's mm-hmm. doing some work or he's at the practice so we get to choose the meaning and the meaning we give to things is so powerful and as humans we like to give shitty meanings to things that don't serve us like mm-hmm. they don't empower us and then beyond that is then what action do you take what do you do with that and so you know, as Chad said, I work with people all the time and teach on this is in that moment, like you said, you're in control. You get to choose the meaning that you give to it. So give it a meaning that serves you. I mean, both of us have had all of us, you as well, I'm sure we've all had past traumas, experiences. I've gone through a divorce. He's had his issues, you know, but you can look at that. And I even have even taken my divorce of like, in the midst of it, it sucked. Yeah. But like, look at what it brought me. Look at the growth I've had from that. Look at, I met this amazing guy. Like I have become such a better person in the midst of back to what we said, thinking we don't have to have problems. Well, if I wouldn't have had that problem Mm -hmm. in that moment in my life, it wouldn't have brought me to where I am now. So I'm grateful for that. And when you understand as a human being that you do get to choose, it's, it's totally empowering. Like you get to choose. Do you want to give it a meaning that serves you or a meaning that puts you in a suffering state? And from moment to moment, you can choose to be in a beautiful state. You might have something happen and in that moment be in a suffering state. And that's okay. I'm not saying you're never going to you know, have sadness or pain or anger or frustration. But then at that moment when you identify and you have this conscious awareness that you are in a suffering state, it's then what action, like, what do you do beyond that? Mm-hmm. You know, if you would have talked to me five, 10 years ago, Michael, I would have stayed in that suffering state for days, sometimes weeks, if it was something that really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Where now I have the conscious awareness that, okay, I'm in a suffering state. I want to be in a beautiful state. That's how I want to live my life. What can I do to change? What's my focus? What am I thinking about? What are my beliefs? What am I saying in my head? You know, how powerful our thoughts are of what we say. <laughs> to so ourselves powerful. you know are we saying empowering things or are we saying things that disempower us to make us suffer um it's it's really actually quite simple you just it's like going to the gym you got to build that muscle and use it and do it and the more you do then the more beautiful you'll be well and you've got to you have to y'all being doctors you have to get into the the data like that 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 for me like the the, the this metaphysical concept of what all we're talking about was good great and wonderful like i i kind of was starting to resonate with it and i was like okay this kind of makes sense but then i started getting into the data of studies like um uh dr emoto in the 90s did the secret of water have y'all seen that yeah i have that unbelievable 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 how the the crystallization of the ice Solely based on his thoughts onto the water and the impression, or music, or music, Back the vibration, yeah, exactly on colors, on, and then you can okay. And this is this is getting into why people's default neuro network goes into this stress hormone all the time or, or thinking nev- negatively about themselves. And this gets back into the quote unquote bad people as well, too, because fear porn all over the TV, okay. And we all know everything goes back up to like six major, major corporations and really two BlackRock and. Um, Vanguard owned 95% of America, so um, they're in charge of everything. Uh, but it goes back into if it bleeds, it leads. Reality TV, TV shows of nothing but drama, drama, drama. Um, TV sitcoms of, of cheating and, and, and family drama. Like it, it's that it's these it's these 
well, at least my life's not as bad as those people fucking concept. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's their baseline. It's like, how do they feel? Well, at least I don't feel as bad as these people. You know what I mean? And then they live their life like that. Um, the frequency of the music. You know, I was listening to something the other day that um, there's something that goes on with the frequency, and I'm going to explain this completely wrong, but like, you know, you've got a beat, but then you've got a half beat. And so, like, inspiring music typically goes by the upbeats, you know, of, of every quarter of a beat. But, like, rap music and, and death metal music, with it, however that may resonate, it goes on the downbeat, like the second beat. And that has a negative frequency on your body. And then you throw in the words that they have in the songs about killing hookers and dealing drugs and slinging guns and joining gangs and, you know, just being a complete man whore or woman whore, you know. WAP by freaking Nicki Minaj was one of the biggest songs in America. And the meaning of that song is is detrimental to society to have people accept that as a number one song. Like it's 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 unbelievable to me that people aren't awake enough to kind of be conscious of of their intake, and they may not even and they don't realize it. A lot of times they're just sitting there watching these shows and they do this binge, you know, this binge watch culture is so prevalent through so many different things. Instead of encouraging people to start a podcast or pick up a new hobby or just relate with people just in general. I mean, look at what Facebook's doing. Now they've got Meta. You know, Facebook is no longer Facebook. It's Meta but because they own Oculus. And now you're going to get into this whole world of like Ready Player One where it's like the world around you is burning to shit and you're living in these, these hell holes for the most part. But everything's gravy in the Meta. You know, you can go across the world and your AI bot, you know, your AI creation, and you can make that person whoever it, whoever it needs to be, and you just live within this fake reality. You Starting know? to become the Matrix. Don't get me started. Uh, hold on, before I, you can get me started a little bit. But here, I heard this theory the other day, and I don't know. Have you seen the Terminator? Yeah. Okay. So this lady, the woman who wrote the script or helped with the script for both the Terminator and the Matrix, said, if you think about it like this, that. The Terminator was a prelude to the Matrix. Yeah, is that, that when Neo sense. came in, yep. he started taking over this robot world, and that you know whatever Arnold Schwarzenegger, what was the name of the corporation? Sky, Sky mm, something, some, Sky, Sky, yeah. Sky, yeah. Is that you know if the the uh, uh, the Terminator started taking over, all these robots started taking over, and here comes Neo to kind of destroy the quote unquote Matrix. Um, and I have fi- I haven't really come to a conclusion, um, but this whole concept of the Matrix not being a movie but being a documentary um, has really blown my mind a little bit. I've um, mentioned it. She's never seen it. I've mentioned it to her several times. I'm like, oh my god, like it's like so good. The philosophical part behind it is like amazing, it's unbelievable. And you and you get into things like the Mandela effect. You know, um, you get into things like CERN. You know, and how they're trying to create portals. Uh, it's it's it's. And I was explaining it to Anna Claire too. I'd eaten um, a gummy um, <laughs> before we went to a stand-up show, and um, I like to do these little thought experiments of just my environment. Um, speaking of the Matrix, and so I just kind of be in the moment, but I just am very mindful about what's going on. And I'm like Anna Claire, watch this. We live in a Matrix, I swear. And we're standing in line, um, waiting on a drink before we go in. And I said, I guarantee you, there will be somebody that walks past that looks like me. Or is dressed like me? No shit. Like three people. I had on black jeans. Um, I had on a black button up and some gray Converse's. And no joke, three or four people walked by wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> Within twenty minutes of standing in line, I said, "Look, boom, there's one." And I was just looking around. Oh, there's another one. Same thing. And then 
people started coming up and complimenting me on what I was wearing. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? I said, now you try it. I said, somebody's going to have something on. And she had on these crazy shoes and no shit. And she's so like, I'm original on everything, which she is. Boom. Somebody's wearing the same exact fucking shoes. I was like, isn't it just weird how like you, you can be in the moment. So long as you're in the moment, you notice things that you kind of want to notice. And if you think in a good way, good things, you're going to notice good things. If you think in a bad way, you're going to notice bad things. But that, um, uh, boiling everything down is that this world back to it is why these things aren't taught is this world isn't what we think it is. We're taught, you know, history is, is way far off on a lot of things as far as like where we came from. And, um, I mean, they're finding ancient civilizations that are blowing up the timeline of where we think humanity started. Very, very advanced civilizations, um, that they're finding like in Turkey, Gobekli Tepe, um, is like 11 to 12,000 years old. And it was a very, very advanced civilization that was intentionally buried. They could tell it wasn't a windstorm because it was higher than the rest of the land around. Um, they're soon discovering that the Sphinx in Egypt is not as, is, is, is significantly older than what they thought it was because there's vertical fissures from rain and heavy rainfall that hasn't been around in Egypt for hundreds of, well, probably tens of, Probably, I think that they're settling on, right now, they're settling on like 30,000 when they originally thought it was like 11 or 12, or no, 6 or 8. Uh, and it could potentially go to 100,000 years older. An advanced civilization had that 100,000 years ago when we thought it was just cavemen beating on the damn walls. Yeah, well, I've, 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 this is one of my frustrations on this, is that all the stuff that we're talking about, um, it, none of this is new. The people, no, no. people had all this figured out a long time ago. When you go back and read these philosophy books and ancient mm-hmm. archives and stuff, they are, they already had all this figured out. Mm-hmm. They already knew the answers to all this stuff. And then over time, like that all got suppressed. And mm-hmm. like you can go back and find it, and you'll be like, "Well, this this is the answer I was looking for." Mm-hmm. Like I just um, I just got the audible of the Bhagavad Gita. Oh yeah, um, cool. I've never read it. I'm gonna start reading it. I started just from the beginning, and Here I'm like, "I am death, the destroyer of worlds." That's what um, Oppenheimer said after he set off the atomic bomb. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, but you know that was 1500 BC. Yeah, this is when that was written. Well, like that—that's not being taught. We have—that's not our kids aren't getting taught that. That's they not want Common Core, man. Yeah, exactly. There's only one way to solve a math problem. So you know, we—you <laughs> were talking about our what's going to change and make things better is um, I think as a society we need to take dominion back of ourselves, take mm-hmm. our dominion back, and I think we need to think again. Um, we need ourselves. to think. We need to have discussions like this without people being offended. Oh right. my God, he said psilocybin was good, you mm-hmm. know. But look, everything should be on the table to talk about. Absolutely. Um, and and that's the only way you can figure this stuff out without just shutting it down. Exactly. You know, just let it be open. Let it be. You know, and um, it goes back to all this. You know, gender fluidity, him, her, he, she, it, they, whatever. Like, okay, you know, we can get into a whole discussion as far as like why they why that's a thing, but like, just don't force it on people. If you want everything on the table, let everything be on the table, but don't get mad at me if I'm not going to call you a squirrel because you want to identify as a squirrel. I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to do kind of what don't I want to do. Don't get mad at me if I don't yeah. want to vaccinate myself. Yeah, that's I mean, exactly Can I still right. travel and have kids? my rights? When in history has anybody ever violated HIPAA laws so blatantly, you yep. know, just to restrict our rights? And that's what I'm, That that's the thing, is that I, is that I, I think, I hope and pray that people are starting to wake up to this stuff. I did it to the point where I got kicked off Facebook. Right. Like, I care that much. And and I'll talk to people who are 
my cousin is is vastly different politically than me and vaccines and everything as well too um but i don't just talk you know QAnon conspiracy theories like i'll back it up with with facts and and data and the studies like out of israel like we were talking about and you know there's always some sort of rebuttal to it but um it's just being squandered and it's not being talked about at all and i don't think it ever will be so long as the powers that be remain in control so there has to be kind of a, a shift in things which is why i think the Noah's flood happened. Like I think that um, if you read the Book of Enoch, you know the the Watchers um, started interbreeding with with the Earth humans and created these monsters. And everybody, God saw it and was like, Noah, you're a pretty straight dude. Let's gather up some animals and build an ark, and I'll flood this bad boy and we'll start all over again. You know, I mean, and and via the Mayan calendar, Earth goes through major cycles every twenty six thousand and five hundred years. So. Um, could there be some sort of cataclysmic event, you know, or some, some sort of solar flare or something? I mean, they, that's how they measured the timelines is, is how the, the, they, the, the star rotations and the star formations and how the, how the galaxy orbited around the sun. Um, and, and we're able to kind of mass that out and, and, and put a timeline in place. Now, I think there were some outside influences as well too, but, um, it's, I think people can feel it. I can, and I know a huge group of people who don't know, they can't put their finger on it, but, I mean, if you look at, you know, old Sleepy Joe up there, he can't put a sentence together, and liberal, Democrat, conservative, Republican, um, you can you can see that. You know, everybody can point fingers at Trump and say he was a sexist or a racist or whatever, and that can be a debate, but um, whatever issues are going on um, with him right now, or he's not in control, and I, I think that's making us as a country look extremely weak and vulnerable. Um but it's also waking up the people who are like, we're anti-Trump. They're like, oh shit, like maybe we should have voted for somebody instead of against somebody. And it's yeah. only taken what, eleven months yeah, to get not, to that point. Not long. We still got a while. Yeah. Well, cool. let's let's hope that there's a lot of waking up. Let's do it. Well, um, are y'all good? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. I really enjoyed see. it. Told Thank you the you. conversation. We kind of just get to a point. <laughs> I was okay that. without my topics yeah. and my see, list it's okay to just you know live Wing in a little it. bit of chaos every now and then good right well thank you for cool. having us thank you all for for coming and taking the time um i'm glad we got it in for sure i know y'all are busy and um this is a great way to end a friday for sure great way absolutely awesome. all right well thank you guys for listening truly thank appreciate you. it like share subscribe tell your friends tell your family um let's grow this thing blow it out of the water uh, appreciate you listening until next time peace thanks again to the station for sponsoring this episode If you are looking to book your next wedding or reception, baby shower or birthday party, conference or class, photo or video shoot, or even a live music performance, please reach out to Andy Truman at 336-693-4311 or shoot her an email at events at mulberrymilldixon.com. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, please reach out to me directly via email at yourvibespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and always remember, stay vibey, my friends.